Tonight I want to talk about, it's actually one of the hardest chapters, I think, for me to understand and to wrap my brain around. Um, it's God testing Abraham. Um, when you re- just read through this passage, you, you kind of want to call Child Protective Services on God because it just messes up um, the whole relationship with Isaac and, and Abraham and, and this huge test. So I'm going to read the story and then, and then we're going to spend some time um, talking about it and, and maybe see that um, we don't necessarily understand all of this. Um, so let, let me begin with um, chapter 22 of Genesis. It says, uh, sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Early the next morning, Abram got up, saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the, word, took, took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, father, and yes, my son, Abraham replied, the fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took his knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy. He said, do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place, the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have not, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars of the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have have obeyed me. Then Abram returned to his servants, and they set off together for Beersheba. 
and Abraham stayed in Beersheba. And that's the story. That, uh, talk about daddy issues for Isaac, right? <laughs> I mean, wow. Uh, can you imagine what he tells um, his counselor 20 years, 30 years later? My dad took me, tied me up, put me on a bunch of wood, was carrying fire and a knife, took the knife and was going to plunge it into my heart. I don't know if he loves me. I have a hard time with that story. I, I have a hard time. I've always had a hard time with that story. It's a disturbing story. And, and what it, what's really disturbing about me is that it reveals something about God that, that I frankly am uncomfortable with. And that's that God tests us. God tests us. We are always going to be tested. Our faith in God, our belief in God, our trust in God is going to be tested. When God comes to Abraham, it is to perform this test. It is to say to Abraham, do you trust me? Do you believe in me? Do you put your hope and your future in my hands? Do you put my promises to you in my hand? I, I often think that Abraham is pretty, a, a pretty amazing guy because one of the reasons, one of the things is, is that he, submits his life to God and he believes God's promise that he's going to have this son who's going to become um, a father himself and a father and that's going to go on throughout generations and that there's going to be more people in his lineage than there are stars in the sky and and that's Abraham doesn't see that there's thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of offspring. He sees one. He, he sees his kid, Isaac. He, he, that's all he sees. God has been testing Abraham all along. We just heard God tested Abraham by saying, get up and go to a place I'll show you. That's a test. We didn't read the stories, but... but um, God had uh, Abraham down in Egypt uh, surviving um, a famine in the land and um, he has an opportunity to acknowledge that Sarah is his wife but instead he calls her his sister because he's nervous about Pharaoh um, hitting on Sarah and so he wants to save his life. He he doesn't trust God, but it was an opportunity to trust God. And, and all the time, we're going to be confronted in our lives with opportunities to trust God. To trust God with our future. To trust God with what we long for. To trust God with what we hope for. To trust God with what we think we have to have to make life complete. To make life whole. To make life work for us. God will test your resolve. Many of you know that my passion has always been to start churches and plant churches in Tucson. I, I wanted to do that. I, the village was the first, but, but it isn't just, it's, it's, 
that wasn't the end of the dream. The, the dream was that there would be more churches planted here, and, and, I, and I have a longing to do that. And, and I remember um, when, when uh, a few years ago, when I had the opportunity to be paid by the Christian Reformed denomination um, part-time to start new churches here in Tucson, how excited I was and and how great that was going to be. And I thought, man, church planters are going to come flocking here and we got some funds we can t- take care of them. And, and it's just going to be awesome. And and that's been a few years ago. And one church has started, Jimmy and Liz, and, and, and it's not happening the way I longed for it to happen. And, and so then I have to face people who, who wanted to support it, or you know, and their, and their question is, what's happening? How, how's that working out? Uh, what's going on? And and then you start all your doubt stuff, right? Well, did I really hear from God? Is that what God wanted me to do? Is is that my longing, or is that just something I wanted to do, or or is, did I hear from God? Is that is that what He's called me into doing? I don't know what thing it is that's really good that God's called you to do, but God is going to test that. He tests stuff. I love Abraham's response. It ought to be our response. When God comes to test Abraham, um, <laughs> Abraham says, here I am. He just said, that's the first words out of his mouth. God says, Abraham, he says, here I am. Yep, ready. I'm listening. I'm ready. Here I am. And then God tells them, take the only son that you love. Now, it's true, Abraham has more than one son. He has Ishmael, the son of the slave woman that he married in order to kind of help God along. (laughs) You ever do that in your life? You're you're pretty sure God can't come through for you, so you help him along. Because God really needs your help. Um, We just find that all the time. God cannot work because he just has to have you help him. Right? God, God is not all powerful. He's not almighty. He's not able to do the things. So we help him along. Abraham and Sarah are, it's almost impossible to conceive of them conceiving. And, 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 so, sorry. And <laughs> he started it. Um, and, and so, so he, uh, so he, at Sarah's urging, takes Sarah's servant, um, and he uh, sleeps with her, and he produces um, Ishmael, and that's sort of like a son of the promise. At least it's a, uh, Abraham's offspring, and and it kind of feels good. Like I I can make this work. We'll we'll just call this the son of the promise. We help God out. God will not be helped by you. He doesn't need your help. He needs your submission and he needs your obedience. He does not need you to help him. When you try to help God, you make a mess of things. There's all this conflict between Ishmael and the tribes that Ishmael uh, spawns and, and, the, and the tribes that, that come from Isaac. It's God says, take this son that you love, and, and, and the truth is, that's what God always does. He, he says to take the son that you love. The son that you love is Isaac. This is, 
this is his cherished kid. This is this is the one he truly loves. You you talk about some a dad who who has favorites. He has a favorite. This is this is my favorite son. This is my son. This is my special kid. We turn that which is precious to us easily into an idol. We often turn good things into an idol. The proof that God will love me, the proof that God cares about me, is if I get what I want. And Abraham has Isaac, and Isaac is everything that he wanted. It's it's a son from Sarah, his wife, and and it is just, it's everything that he longed for. We often turn good things into idols. I don't know what good thing that you have that you're turning into an idol, what you have to have maybe it's maybe it's your spouse maybe maybe it's a child maybe it's maybe it's a a, a, a job maybe it's a a way of be, uh, living maybe it's maybe it's i don't know what your longing is your deepest longing god does not invite you to make that your god to make that what drives you to make that what feeds you to give that to make that which uh, that give you hope and a future God wants that role. We easily turn good things into idols. We easily offer something less. We easily easily help God out. We live in an ebb and flow. I, I don't know what your faith is like. I, I'm pretty sure I know what my faith is like. My My faith is kind of an ebb and flow kind of thing. People tell me, oh, Rod, you just have such a complete utter absolute trust in God. And I said, eh, sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and I sit straight up and I wonder, is there really a God? Or am I just wasting my time? Is this just stupid? Do I, do I really believe? And I have, all this doubt just comes rushing in and, 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 and I, have to, I have to just understand that there are times when you will completely doubt God's goodness, God's provision, God's care, God's love, or even that God exists. The beautiful times that come right after that is when the Spirit comes to me and says, it's okay, Rod, we're here, go back to sleep, right? Um, you're going to be okay, right? Because that, that's what God does. He, he, he knows we're weak. He knows we're not going to be able to maintain... A lot of us think, well, if I have a little bit of faith when I'm 20, by the time I'm 30, I'll have more faith. By the time I'm 40, it'll be even more. And when I'm ancient like Rod, wow, can you imagine how much faith I'll have? Well, there's a little bit of truth to that, because what happens is the older you get, the more you see God's hand in your life. And because I've lived a whole heck of a lot longer than a lot of you, I've seen God at work for a whole heck of a lot longer than you have. And so I see the beauty of what he does. Your faith ebbs and flows, however. It's not this nice little straight line that goes up. And it's not this mountaintop experience that you exist on this mountaintop all of your life. You're not, I, I believe in Jesus. I'm right here at the top, up on the mountain. Life is grand. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe it's great. No, you're going to dip and you're going to find little mountaintops and then you're going to be down in valleys and, and then you're going to... Now, typically you trend up. What is the trend? 
I, I have a degree in business administration, and I used to do trend line analysis, right? So you point, you put all these dots, you know, the highs and the lows, and then you draw a line between them all. It's a math formula. I, I forgot it. But anyway, um, and, and in general, you trend up. In general, your faith becomes greater and deeper because it's tested. Abraham takes off and he goes on a three-day journey. There's a time when, after God talks to Abraham, that he gets to reflect on what God has just told him. God has just told him, go, go out into the wilderness, go up to this mountain, and, and sacrifice the son that you love. And so it's not like, oh, instantly I, I have to go through this little test. No, I have to walk for a while. <laughs> I have to spend three days being tested. For those of you who know the story of Jesus, you know that he was in the grave for three days, abandoned by God for three days, a time when God turns his back for three days. There's this sense as Abraham is going that, that, that it sort of foretells that three days. Um, and for those three days, He's intent on going to the mountain to do what God's told him to do. But can you imagine what's going through his head? And then, and then Isaac turns to him and says, Dad, <laughs> uh, we forgot something. Uh, we need a lamb because you can't do a sacrifice without a lamb. Abraham makes a statement of faith and he says, God will provide. God will provide. It's a statement of faith. God will provide. When you are going through hard times, when your dream and your vision, what you believe has come from God, when, when that's true, when it's not coming true, when it doesn't seem to be coming true, matter of fact, when it seems to be being destroyed, there comes that time when you say, um, I, I, I don't know how this is going to work. God, God's going to provide. And, and, and then we have these demands about how God has to provide, right? God has to give us what we want, and he has to give it to us in the way that we want it. And he has to do it our way. So for three days, Abraham is reflecting on and being quizzed by Isaac, and, and it's, it's horrible. It's a hard time. He stops at some point and, and he leaves the servants behind. And now it's just Abraham and Isaac. Father and son, Isaac's carrying the, the wood on his back for the altar and, and Abraham is carrying the fire pot and carrying a knife. And they trudge on together. It's easy to run past the verse that talks about that, verse 5, don't, don't run past that. Abraham says to the servants when he's leaving, we will return to you. We will return to you. We're coming back. 
Abraham has an abject trust that God will not kill Isaac. It sure looks like God's going to. It sure looks like that's what's going to happen. The outcome is just obvious. Like, there can't be a way out. There's not a way out. In, in, in Abraham's mind, it must be conflicted, but, but he, in the end, trusts that God is who God says he is. We will return to you, he says. Now, why would he say that? Well, he's heard God's, from God before when God said, when, matter of fact, when Ishmael was, was born, um, and, and, uh, Ishmael and, and, and his mother were sent out into the wilderness, and there was all this conflict, and, and then God says, um, to Abraham, um, your offspring, um, Isaac will be this great nation. So, so he has that promise from God, and, and somewhere in here, he believes the promise of God, even though the circumstances would presume that God's not going to do what God says he's going to do. You can't sort of trust God. Just like you can't be sort of pregnant, right? You either are or you aren't. Right? You either trust God or you don't. There's no like middle ground. There's, there's not like, well, I'm sort of trusting God. Well, then you're not trusting God. Well, I sort of trust God. No, you don't. You just don't trust God. Be honest with yourself. Say, I trust God or I don't trust God, but don't try to pretend that you sort of trust God. Trust is always abject. It's always complete. You either trust or you don't. I've told the story before when Derek was little, about three years old, he figured out how to climb up on the roof of our house. And it was pretty amazing because he climbed up the stepladder that was leaning against a fence and then he tightroped on the fence and then he shinnied up a tree and then he ran across the storage shed and then he caught another tree branch and got up on the roof of the house and he's toddling around on the roof of the house and I am come outside and I look up and there's my kid up there on the roof of the house. And he says, Daddy, catch me. <laughs> and he doesn't think about it. He doesn't wait till I put my arms out. He doesn't think. Uh, he doesn't think. Okay. And <laughs> he launches himself into the air. And I go, wow, and I catch him, and then spanked him, and <laughs> yelled at him, and told him never, ever do that again. That was stupid, because he shouldn't trust me. I'm not trustworthy. I might have missed. I might not have been there in time. I might not have been able to catch him. I might have hurt him. Who, there's a million things that could go wrong with us. But you know what my son had? He had abject trust in the goodness of dad. He believed that God, that dad would catch him no matter what. That dad would come through because dad was a hero. Dad was amazing. Dad was awesome and dad could do anything. That's what he believed. Derek had trust. 
he knew. Abraham trusts the goodness of God. He knows that there's going to be something that will happen. He doesn't know what it is. He doesn't know how it's going to work out. And so what, and then listen to what he had said to the servants when he left. He said, he said, we're going to go worship God. We're going to go a little further and we're going to worship God. You cannot untie worship from obedience. Some of us think that we worship God, but worshiping God is always about obedience. It's always about submitting our lives to God. You cannot worship God if you are not in submission to his will, if you're not obedient to him, if you're not doing what he asks of you. If you won't worship, if you won't obey him, you can't truly worship him. To worship God, you have to lay down your demand of how he must act and what life must look like and submit to him, trusting his goodness. And when you do that, you can sing and you can dance and you can rejoice and you can clap, although not rhythmically if you're me, and, and, but you can clap and, or at least some people can clap. Um, you, you can take joy. You can, you can take delight. You can honor God for who He is. You, you can praise Him and worship Him because you know His goodness because you are in submission to Him. You are obedient. God is asking Abraham to obey Him. Obey. Not figure it out. Not plan it out not know what's going to be, not sure about how he's going to work it out, only trusting that God is good. It always boils down to, do I believe God is good? My kid's running far away from God. Do I trust that God is good? If my parents are have abandoned me or hurt me or or mistreated me or, or abused me, do I believe that God is good? If, if I don't get the thing that I want, that I think brings life itself, whatever that thing is, it, is God good? Do I trust him? God come, uh, Abraham uh, comes to the place where God's told him to come and, and he builds an altar. <laughs> I, I think he's probably a reluctant altar bear, builder, right? I mean, I don't think he hustled on that job. I, I don't think he quickly, let, let's get this thing done, right? I think it took him a while to build that altar. And then it's kind of built and, and he's looking around and Okay, um, so far no interference from God. So we're going to take the next step, right? We're, we're going to lay the wood on the altar. And so he lays the wood on the altar. And I bet you he arranged and rearranged those branches like 50 times, real slowly, right? Okay, I can't tinker with the wood anymore. And, and then he calls Isaac over and, and he binds him, he ties him up, he, he ties his hands and feet and 
tied the knots loosely just in case God needed some help and and takes his time and and finally he has Isaac bound and he puts Isaac on top of the wood and got the fire burning in the pot and he has the knife and he he's ready to plunge the knife finally into his son that he loves and you know he's looking around saying how is this going to work out how how is this going to not happen how, how is this son that i love that you've made promises to me about god how is this going to work and he takes the knife in his hand and the angel says stop Stop. Halt. In whatever longing you have, whatever passion you have, whatever desire you have, whatever hope you have, God is going to call you into abject trust. He is going to test your faith. He is going to test whether you believe him to be good. And it's going to be incremental. And each increment is going to be closer and closer to a reality that's really scary. Each step will build on the other, and each step will require a deeper trust in God's love and in God's provision. You have to trust, ultimately, that God will stop you at the end of the test. And only he knows when the end of the test is. He will not harm you. He will not hurt you. He will not destroy you. When you prove that you love him more than whatever you've made into an idol, whatever you've made into an idol, when you prove your love to him, he will say, stop. When Abraham walks away from this space, he he calls it he calls the place the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. He understands something about God that is hugely important and hugely uh, just something you have to hang on to that that God will provide that which you need. Always. He will not necessarily provide what you want. He will provide what you need. Every faith step builds on previous faith steps and they help us understand better God's provision, to understand God's provision in deeper ways, which allows him to which allows us to trust him more fully into the next test. Because there's not just usually one test. <laughs> I look back on my life. I see God's testing me. Moments of, of, of testing and, and fear and, and wondering, me having to choose, is God good or, or not so good? And sometimes I chose, God, you're not, you're not good. I, I just don't think you're good. And, and sometimes I, I, I've found it somewhere inside because God gives it to me, a, 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 an ability to just say, I, I'm going to persevere in this. I, I am not going to stop. I, I am 
I, I am going to believe in God no matter what. And it's those times that I look back and I say, yes, I remember when that happened. I remember when I was walking alongside a stream and it was snowing and it was cold and we were up in the White Mountains and it was winter and, and I had just been, um, felt this huge call to ministry to leave the work that, that I had been doing in business and, and to go into ministry and I'm walking along and, and, and for some reason there's this white stone out in the middle of the stream and I have to go sit on it and it's snowing and wet and rainy and it's cold and the stream has got ice all over it and it's bitter cold and, and it's, the water's deep right there and, and there's no way to get to that rock and I have to get to that rock for some reason, I don't know why, and, and it's clouded over and, and, and it just doesn't seem like there's a way. There's, there's not a way. I, I can't get there from here. And, and then I sadly just go on down hiking along the, the trail next to the stream and I get past the rock and, and then I see a rock that's just at the surface of the water and I step out on it and then there's another rock that appears and another rock that appears that I can step on and, and eventually I find my way to the rock that I need to sit on and the clouds open up and the sun comes out and it's a beautiful day. And, and, and it was just God telling me, I'm, I'm going to be with you. You're not going to go at this thing of being in ministry a regular way. You're, you're going to go in some weird way and, and it's going to be awful. And so when I went through all those testings and trials, I could remember that God had promised that he would be with me and he would walk me into ministry, that, that it was okay, that I would be ordained and it would all happen. And, and it was going to be okay, and I could hang on to that. I, a few years ago, uh, went up on the mountain with Eric and with Jimmy, and 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 we we just wanted to break the curse of of the demonic controls over Tucson, and and we we built a little monument up there. It's kind of a silly thing. I, I forget what it looked like. The little creatures, and and we put those there. A uh, little uh, uh, what do you call those? What? Yes, those. And, and, and I go up to that place every once in a while. I, I can't really find the thing, but, but I go to that place to go pray and, and it's become a memorial. A place where I remember God's goodness. Create those memorials in your life. Create those places where you can go back and say, at this point, at this time, in this way, God came close to me and God is good. I have a box full of treasures. My kids are going to throw them away when I die because they're going to think, why does Rod have this stupid rock? Why did Dad keep this rock? It's just a rock. Well, it's a rock from that stream. Why did, God, uh, why did Dad keep this towel, this white towel? It's stupid. Well, that, that's the towel that they washed my feet with when, when they ordained me. Um, what, what, what is this dumb stuff? What's this pair of cufflinks? Oh, that's the time when this couple loved me with the love of God and gave me, it's a long story. Do you understand? You create these memorials and you, and you look at those things and you, and you remember what God's done. Create memorials. Go back and remember. Remember God's goodness. Choose to trust Him completely, fully in whatever you long for. Let's pray. God, you are good. 
you are good. Your ways are beyond us. Your ways are better than ours. You know best. Father, for everyone in this room that really doubts that right now, would you show them your goodness? For those of us who are in the middle of tests, at the end of having been tested, or just at the beginning of a new test, walk with us. Speak truth to our heart. Guide us by your Spirit. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Respond by offering. If you are uh, visiting, there's no expectation that you'll give. Certainly welcome to. Um, if you need to be prayed for, to be encouraged, to be lifted up because of your sin, sin in uh, people around you, sin against you, just sin in this world, go sit in the sinner's chair and someone will come and lift you up to Jesus. On the night that he was betrayed, Jesus took bread. And he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. And afterwards, he took a cup and he said, this is my blood shed for you. And if you trust Jesus, if you know Jesus, if you've declared him to be your Lord and Savior, then you should come and take, eat, drink, remember, and believe that he did it for you.